Reopening your restaurant comes with great responsibility. Are you doing everything you can to keep your staff and guests safe? With Trust20 certification, you and your guests can feel confident you're doing everything you can to keep everyone safe. Trust20 is home to the new standard of restaurant safety and consumer comfort. By becoming a Trust20 certified restaurant, diners will know the practices you follow to create a safe and healthy environment. Have confidence you're going above and beyond minimal requirements. Have comfort knowing your practices have been independently verified. To learn more, visit trust20.co. That's trust, the number 20.co. Trust 20 restaurants have access to a suite of resources that include expert-led training in four key areas, individual consultants, communication material, and signage. For Nashville Restaurant Radio listeners now through the end of July, you get free certification when you visit trust20.co and tell them you heard about them on Nashville Restaurant Radio. Trust 20, partnering with you to keep everyone safe. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, and happy Monday to you and yours. Today, our guest is going to be Kate Davis, better known by most people as at Nashville Food Fan on Instagram. She has been covering Nashville's food scene for seven years now uh, on the Instagram front, and uh, that this is her first major interview that she's done, and um, we get to talk about a lot of things. I'm not going to tell you too much about the interview because I'm excited for you to listen, but I do want to tell you that if you do like this podcast, one way to let people know you like it is to go to wherever you listen to your podcast and rate us five stars, uh, tell people about why you love the show, or... The way I'd really love to hear you do it is go to NashvilleScene.com and find the Best of Nashville tab that they've got. Voting is live right now through the end of the month. Click on the Media and Politics tab and vote for Nashville Restaurant Radio for Best Podcast. I would love if we could get a word out there and let everybody know about this podcast so we can get these stories from our local restaurateurs and people in the industry out there so everybody can know about them. I do want to talk to you quickly about Springer Mountain Farms chicken. Um, they are the best chicken in the world. And I, you know that by now. And the one thing that I would love for you to do is go to their website. Go to SpringerMountainFarms.com. Join the flock. Put your email address in to get their weekly email. But also, there's a tab on there where you can find every single restaurant that you can purchase Springer Mountain Farms from. So you know that the restaurant is serving the best chicken in the world. And if they're serving the best chicken in the world, chances are they're using really good other ingredients as well. It's a good indicator of a great restaurant if they're using Springer Mountain Farms chicken. So go check them out. Also, FOH and BOH, Foe and Bow, is a new company that is there for hiring. So if you're out there looking for a job, go to foeandbow.com, fill out a profile, and click the restaurants that you'd like to work at. And chances are they're on the side too, and they will contact you for an interview. So if you're looking for a job out there, go find your dream job at foeandbow.com. So let's go ahead and jump right in with Kate Davis at Nashville Food Fan. 
So with much excitement, I'd like to welcome in to Nashville Restaurant Radio, Kate Davis, the Nashville food fan. Welcome in, Kate. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show today because um, you're, you're a Nashville food fan. I mean, oh my gosh. I am, I am. The, the one and only, although I feel like there's um, lots of people in the Nashville food Instagram community now doing all kinds of similar content. So I, I want to say the one and only, but the one among many. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And it's definitely an unusual year to be a Nashville food fan. It's probably an unusual year to be Nashville anything. Yeah. Um, but I'm plugging along. Good. Well, so the question that I ask people when they come on the show is, um, how are you doing? Which is the standard greeting most of the time. If you, if you, if you listen to the show, you know that I ask every episode off this way. People say, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I think the most valid question you can ask somebody in these times is, how are you? With genuine enthusiasm, with wanting to know the answer to that question. So I'm going to ask you that question. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. I'm doing, I think, as well as can be expected. Um, I feel, you know, a sort of balanced sense of both gratitude for what I have and mourning for all that has been lost or put on pause this year. Um, I certainly know that a lot of people are hurting right now and that um, is weighs on me heavily um, and helps me keep perspective that while I have challenges just like anybody else, you know, it could, it could be better. It could be worse. I'm, I'm okay. Good. Well, that's, uh, that's good to hear um, because, you know, you know, you never know what people are doing out there and, and um, it's good to hear that you're doing well. So you, this interview is yeah, I, I send, I send a, a smoke signal out to all the other parents out there without formal child care. I, I would say that um, I can certainly relate to every meme, every, uh, you know, cry for help, every request for wine. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine, but I'm not, uh, I'm not doing normal. So I just, uh, we dropped off our oldest child this morning for first grade. Took him wow. school, first grade. What a rite of passage, yeah. But just what a incredibly... What an unusual. Unusual and scary decision it was yeah. to send him to school. I mean, we live in Williamson yeah. County and they, you know, kindergarten through, I think, second grade are doing in school. And we decided after just hours of deliberation and tears and fear like and you said all the little memes like my wife's been sending me stuff on messenger all the time I'm like look at this this is not i'm not crazy like i'm like i know i know this is a whole thing yeah i mean i think no one is crazy right now and everyone's crazy right like there is no decision that feels sane there is no possible choice that doesn't have down ballot consequences so to speak um, and yeah, I mean, I think that every choice that a parent is making right now is understandable. And I also, I have a nine month old. So for me, I, I am, it's easier and harder in different ways. I mean, I definitely don't have to be making those school decisions and I don't envy anyone who's making them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a real thing. 
There's also there's also a very real separation anxiety that's happening because we have a kindergartner as well, and he starts on the seventeenth. Uh, so we have wow. going into first grade, who only got to have half of a kindergarten year. So there's a trepidation: yeah. is he ready? Kind of a thing. And then you know we've had him at home since March. So I mean, right. now he's going to be gone every day throughout the day. My and then we're going to have the other one. So the first time in seven years, my wife's going to have the first part of the day with no children. And, and that's, that's not easy also. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be hard for an adjustment for everyone, for both of them. Yeah. So there's definitely some empathy out there for um, parents yeah. going through this. And it's a real thing. I mean, I, I've, uh, I think that you nailed it when you said everybody's crazy and nobody's crazy. Because <laughs> That's right. I mean, how do, how do you remain completely normal through all of this? There's, there's nothing has been proven. There's not a book that I can go to Amazon and buy that says how to remain sane during a pandemic. That's right. There's, there's no blueprint. There's no framework. I mean, I, you know, I am not by nature a Zen person. <laughs> I'm not by nature someone who like goes inward and meditates. Um, but I certainly am drawn to that quality in friends and mentors. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, I guess you just do the next right thing, one thing at a time and hope that it leads you to a decision you can live with. I mean, I think living like the ability to live with it is the best that we can ask for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the expectation that we're not going to be tortured by our decisions right now is unrealistic. I think it's like, what can you live with? Um, and yeah, what level of risk can you live with? What level of sacrifice can you live with? Um, what level of cost can you live with? Like that's the best that we can ask of ourselves right now. We can. And I think that you nailed it right there too, is that we've got to ask it of ourselves. We, we can't ask a lot of others. We've got to look in the mirror and ask it of ourselves. And, you know, I've had a lot of business leaders and business owners on the show. And I think that right now, more so than ever, leadership is the most important thing. I mean, we've got to have really good, competent leadership who's going to lead us in the right direction. Now, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows what that direction is, but I think that there are qualities of leadership that leaders need to have that will help us make the, I mean, making good decisions um, is a leadership quality. And I think that we now more than ever we need to follow people that are, are good leaders. Amen. So this interview is going to be kind of fun for me because I don't, I don't know you. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know anything about you. I couldn't find any interviews with you. Have you done interviews? I think I've done one um, a couple of years ago. Um, my friend Lily was doing a book called Nashville Conversations. Um, and I did an, an interview for her website leading up to that book. Um, but I really haven't done very many. And this is certainly my first um, audio podcast radio interview. Well, you're doing great so far. Just to let you know. Thanks. <laughs> Killing it. Um, Thanks. The, the fun thing, usually I like to do some research. I like to know about the people that I'm going to be interviewing. And obviously we know that you are a Nashville food fan and you've got a huge following and um, you've been doing it for a long time. 
But I think beyond that was the intrigue for me. Like, who are you? I like to maintain, I like to maintain this, you know, mysterious, um, no, I mean, I, I, uh, I think part of the reason why I haven't done that many is because Nashville Food Fan is, is a big part of what I do in my life, but it's not my main source of income. It's not my main source of employment. Um, and I have done it more some years than others. Um, it's really lucky for me that I can sort of give it more or less of my attention, depending on what else is going on in my life. And the community seems to stay active and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy to fill you in on all that's missing. Well, let's, let's go back. And I, I think you gave me a really good lead in there with what is your, your full-time occupation, but I don't want to, I want to get to how Nashville food fan began. What year Nashville you- Fan began, I, I want to say I moved to Nashville in 2013 in the spring and I either started food fan that fall or the following spring. And I mean, Instagram was a very different place full of hipstamatic uh, filtered photos. And re- I mean, like if you go back to the, the first posts of the food fan account, the photography is so bad. Um, but it was very, it was very in keeping with the time. Um, it wasn't just mine was bad. It was like, I mean, just it's un- unrecognizable looking. Um, and I think I started it. I honestly don't really remember. I think I started it mostly to show friends of mine living in other cities, like, Hey, look how cool everything in Nashville is. Like you should come visit me because I moved to Nashville jobless and pretty much friendless, um, on a whim. And I knew no one here. And I was like, I mean, I think the first 15 or 20 weekends that I lived here, I had a different friend come visit me every weekend from New York, where I moved here from. Um, And it was like, it was my way of sort of documenting for my own memories uh, where we were going and sort of like keeping a virtual Zagat that I built as I go. Okay. And so then that's cemented in times. I mean, it's almost like having an online photo album. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Definitely, you know, as I started it, I, there was no real food Instagram accounts when I started it. There was one other in Nashville, Eat Nashville was um, around and I think had a couple hundred followers. I mean, very early on. Um, And I didn't even start Nashville food fan with the intention of it becoming a public facing thing. Um, I just, you know, took photos of food as I went around town trying places. And then I, I guess probably a year into it, maybe a little less, I started posting other people's photos. Um, and that's primarily because I've always just been a photo person. I don't have Twitter. I'm not drawn to like social media that's word-based. I'm very drawn to image-based social media. Like, you know, who, who took the prettiest photo of this burger, whether I took it or not, I want to post the best photo of it. Gotcha. So that's what led me to start um, reposting other people and giving them credit and sort of trying to build a little bit of like a, a page that you could scroll through for dining inspiration. Again, whether I took the photo or not, I just wanted the best photos up there. Was there a moment in time where you, 
was there was there a seminal moment like a tipping point where it became a hey this is my online kind of photo album to hey wow people are really getting this i'm gonna is there one particular image or one particular post that really put you over the top that made you kind of change to a public figure um i don't remember i mean i remember feeling like getting hitting 10,000 followers was insane. Um, I think it was kind of like when I, when I hit 10,000 followers, it was one of the bigger food accounts at the time, if not the biggest in terms of following numbers for whatever that's worth. And now of course, like everybody has tens of thousands of followers um but i i think a, a very special moment for me which was right around that time i think if my memory serves me um reba mcintyre the one and only last name not necessary did a takeover of nashville food fan and she posted her favorite place to get breakfast her favorite place for lunch and her favorite place for dinner and i was like yeah this is cool like reba <laughs> Reba's doing Nashville Food Fan for a day. She's my first ever takeover. I'm starting at the top. It doesn't get any better than this. Like, I mean, maybe Dolly would be equal to um, as a goal, but like, you know, it's all downhill from here. I can tell you that much. Um, isn't she? Isn't so she that was like that was the person. Sorry, repeat that question. Is it, isn't Reba just the most amazing person? just the most amazing i mean just the most amazing yeah you moved to nashville from new york city because you love country music and you love nashville and then within like a year or two reba's doing your social media takeover like that to me was sort of like my version of the of the nashville dream what's your it, it could be your nashville story everybody's got their story with the celebrity That's right. what do you remember what Reba's right. favorite places were Oh gosh, she um, her favorite place for breakfast was I think her own kitchen table, and she she had a cup of coffee and some you know gorgeous looking granola bowl probably, um, and then I want to say someplace near Music Row for like a power business lunch and maybe a seafood tower somewhere in Midtown for dinner. Their photos were gorgeous. She was fabulous my friend Justin has worked with her forever and he um was very instrumental in putting that together um and it was yeah she was she was great it was great the whole thing was a was a hoot the last restaurant that I worked at and I don't want to out her um but the last restaurant that I worked at she ate at twice a week and <laughs> well she does dine out there I will tell you Nashville Food Fan was a very organic collaboration for her I think she she put in one of the captions that the best thing she makes is a reservation. You know, she, um, she which is a line that, I mean, is just, yeah, solid Reba gold. Well, you can't, you know, she's, I imagine she's like Dolly because when she's sitting in the restaurant, she, I mean, she looks dead up like. Oh, yeah. You're not missing, you're not missing Reba. No. I'll never forget, I was standing at the front door one day and she walked out and she's like, bye, Brandon. And I said, <laughs> see you and um she walked she was walking out the door as two ladies were walking in and they walked in and their heads kind of turned and they walked up to the host and i'm standing there and they and they looked like confused and i go i bet you thought that was rude mcintyre and they're like yeah it looked just like her that was so <laughs> she gets that all the time and they go i bet 
oh my gosh. And I go, do you know why? And they go, I go, because it was Rube McIntyre. And they go, oh my gosh. <laughs> Probably followed her out the door. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't get any better than that. No. And that's a, that's a cool, it's a cool thing to kind of do. And I met her like a year later at the Draper James opening in 12 South. And I, I mean, I kept my composure, but I did ask her to take a photograph with me. And I was like, you did Putin. And um, I think that was like the first time I ever posted a photo of my face on food band was like, a, so I was like, if not, if not now, then when, you know, I've got to share this Reba selfie. Uh, no, that that's, that's perfect. So let's, I don't want to say the word pivot, but like if we move to, um, so you do the Nashville food fan, it grows, you hit 10,000 followers. You're continuing to, um, to, to document kind of your, your journey through the Nashville food scene. You said that you do have a full-time job. When did that come yeah. Like, and how did that come about? Did it have to do with Nashville? Uh, no, had nothing to do with Nashville Food Fan. And in fact, I didn't, I, you know, I did Nashville Food Fan very little for the first two years. I was in this um, job because I traveled so much. So I am currently and have been for a number of years now, um, Ashley Judd, the actress, activist, humanitarian, author, extraordinaire. I am her chief of staff, which is a completely ambiguous <laughs> title to, to sort of mean that I do um, a little piece of all the parts of her life, professionally, personally, and otherwise. Um, and I free her up to do the parts of her life that only she can do. Um, and it is a very fun and sort of unusual, atypical job that has brought me to like 10 or 15 countries in the last couple of years. Um, and a lot of really extraordinary um travel with the United Nations and movie sets and all that kind of fun stuff. But um, I was home in Nashville maybe half the year for the first two years I worked for her. Um, and so, yeah, that's my, that's my full-time gig. Wow. Okay. So you, yeah, you are a busy person and Ashley Judd is, she's doing amazing work out there. And you know, I, I noticed that she does something on her Instagram called pass the mic. Yes, that's a, um, an initiative that that came about quite recently out of the um, in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder and in the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, I don't know if Pass the Mic as an initiative is happening right now, but Ashley is always, um, you know, engaging in every opportunity to share her platform and amplify the voices of of others. And um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, that is really cool. It's similar to what you did with Reba. Just, it is. <laughs> so, I didn't That's right. Like an idea that you had or if that's like a national thing. No, I don't get to take credit for it. It's a national thing. Um, I think Tarana Burke, um, who is the founder of the Me Too movement, and um, Glennon Doyle, the author, and a couple of other people put that, put the most recent iteration of Pass the Mic together. Okay. Um, so what does your day, what does a day in your life look like? And you have, you said you have a, a young daughter. Um, I do. I have an, a nine month old. She's nine months old today. So she's been, um, here on the outside as long as she was on the inside, which is wild. Um, I, um, she was adopted, um, 
and at birth and I'm just totally smitten and in love with her and she's amazing and a kind of a unicorn trick baby who sleeps like 13 hours a night and I just you know I won the I won the lottery with this kid um so a typical day for me right now is very child care related <laughs> um I definitely am I'm working you know in between baby related activities but nothing feels quite like a normal day right now and frankly even before the pandemic um I, I don't really have normal days. I mean, every day is wildly different depending on what Ashley's up to and where we are and if there's travel or not and all of that. So do you go with her when she goes? Do you travel with her everywhere she goes? Not everywhere she goes, but typically, yeah, I do a lot of travel. We lived in um, Berlin for a number of months when she was filming a show called Berlin Station, which is a great spy show. Um, we lived in Budapest for a little while the year after that um, filming this next season of that same show um, and then she is a United Nations global goodwill ambassador for the UNFPA branch of the United Nations and so we've done a lot of um, humanitarian travel with them India Bangladesh Sri Lanka I'm trying to think of where else that's I mean that's amazing. That, you know that's exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about leadership and people stepping up and really fighting towards things that matter. And it's people like her that are driving causes right now that are that she's making a big difference. She's one of those people I yeah. respect the heck out of and is making a big difference using her platform for the right things. I appreciate that. Yeah, she's been doing it for a long time. I mean, Ashley. Um, probably I would say since her days in college it's actually interesting there's a um you know a lot of a lot of activism of young people right now is at the forefront and there was an article in the New York Times uh just a couple days ago about some really courageous girls uh at the university here in Nashville at Vanderbilt who are um walking out on some of their sorority memberships because of a lack of participation from their white sisters in the current racial awakening and Ashley has a history of that kind of personal activism which I find so inspiring you know before, long before she had a platform long before she had this notoriety from acting she was just like walking the walk and talking the talk um, and the University of Kentucky campus you know staging a walk out of classes because a board of trustee member there had used the n-word in a board meeting like she just you know hang banners out of her her sorority house window you know protesting um this very beloved guy um while her sorority sisters were two days later going to have his book signed um so it, it she she is she has been in this game for a long time um and she is just a really, uh, she's a person worthy of your respect, for sure. Well, you know, we talk about other people who dine out at restaurants and her mom, Naomi and uh, Larry Strickland, they dined at that same restaurant I worked at regularly. Oh, fun. And I've known her since my days back, I, I, I my initial podcast, I, uh, I'm on March 13th, I talk about Naomi Judd at Amerigo 
and there was a, a, a dancer, like a male exotic dancer who got up on a table and was dancing for a girl on her 18th birthday. And she walked over and tapped him on the shoulder. And was oh like, Oh my God. Do you remember this? Uh, I know this is my first hearing about any of this. Oh yeah. So this is a new restaurant in Brentwood, uh, right when Amerigo first opened and her and Larry are eating and she walked up and she's going to the bathroom and this guy's on a table and she taps him on the shoulder. He turns around, sees that it's her and like flails off the table. And it's like, I'm hurt. I'm <laughs> And the police, oh, good Lord. and you know, she assaulted me. And it's like, no, no, she didn't stop it. But she's always been so kind and so generous and just the nicest person. Uh, another random story about her. And I've got to know her a little bit working at these restaurants uh, and Larry, but I was in Bellevue uh, a year and a half ago at the new Bellevue one. And we were going to um, DeSano pizza there. And maybe we're going to Honey Fire. We're going to one of the two. But we pulled into a parking space. And as we pulled in, an Uber Eats driver swung his door open into my wife's car. And we, we were just, oh, my goodness. It was like a, like, what, like, it like ripped off half of her door. It was like a whole thing. And um, as, as this is going on, I get out of the car and I'm like, hey, man, like, what's going on? And Naomi and Larry walk out of Eastern Peak right there. And she walks straight. Oh, my goodness. She walks up to my car and says, is everything okay? Can I help in any way? And, I'm, and I look at her and I'm like, no, no, we've got it. But like, thank you so much. Like, oh my God. But thank you so much, Naomi Judd. Hi, Naomi. Like, and she didn't know yeah. who I was. Not that I'm anybody, but like no idea. Like, oh, this is the guy that she associates from that. Right. Restaurant. You know, she right. outside. She knows me in the restaurant, but outside of the restaurant. But I was just like, how genuine of a person is that? That they see something going down. Yeah in a parking lot in Bellevue and she's the first one to walk yeah. up. Can I help? And I was just like, that's, yeah, that's so that is very in keeping with the Larry and Naomi that I know. So I, um, they're very special to me and, um, I love that you know them and know of them that way. So yeah, really sweet family. So that's, that's gotta be a really cool, unique thing to do on a daily basis. Is it, what's it like being on, and we'll get back to you, but I still think there's some interesting stuff here. <laughs> When you're on movie sets, is it like... It's a lot of waiting. It's a lot of waiting around. Sitting around. Uh, it's funny. Ashley and I um, were on the last day of the last season of Berlin Station that she, that there ended up being. And we were in her trailer and we were waiting for, I don't know, hours on end. And we were going a little, you know, a little cuckoo because it was like the last week of many, many weeks of filming. And we were trying to think of something to keep ourselves busy. And we started playing that game heads up um, that like, you know, there's an app. You could, it's sort of like charades, but not really. You have to get the person to, to guess what you're saying by acting it out. And I filmed her doing it and it ended up on like, uh, hello, or one of those global mail, like, like tabloid <laughs> magazines. Uh, I mean, waiting on movie sets is not, entirely a glamorous affair it's like a lot of waiting in your trailer and reading scripts and hair and makeup and but it's fun I mean there are there are certainly worse jobs do you have to does she ever like give you scripts to read and like ask your opinion about them yeah I mean a big part of my job is sort of like playing that liaison between um her and everybody else on her team and all the potential projects going around um, that hasn't always been a part of my job I've sort of worked my way into that being a part of my job but um, it is certainly a part of my job now yeah 
What is your favorite part about your job? The non-Nashville food fan side of the job. And I'll ask you that same question about Nashville food fan, but what's your favorite thing that you get to do working besides just the activism and all that? Um, I mean, the activism and all that would definitely be the favorite part of the job. You know, I mean, I think um, helping a person through the kind of year like 2017 was for Ashley being the first name source in the New York Times piece um, about Harvey Weinstein and um, watching her have the bravery to sue him. That's the most satisfying part of the job is being intimately involved with a person's ability to make change in the world. Um, And everything that I do is sort of in service of that, whether it's helping us book travel and actually traveling with her to um, the more substantive sort of parts of the job, like reading the scripts and doing the research and all that. Wow. It's so interesting. That is just so, so fascinating to me. Like we could do a whole show on that. Oh. Yeah. I've certainly never been interviewed about my job, so I hope I'm doing it justice. Um, I certainly asked Ashley's permission before um, talking about it publicly, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting job and I'm certainly proud of it. It's, it's the first job I've had that feels like a career instead of a job. Well, let's put some, let's put the word out. Um, <clears throat> you guys are working on some things, I'm sure. How do how can we get people involved with what she's doing? How can we, where can we drive people to join in that activism? That's a great question. Um, The things that come to mind, some of the organizations that she is super involved with are the United Nations um, UNFPA is the acronym for the branch of the United Nations. She is an ambassador for, um, She's also heavily involved with Time's Up, which is uh, probably many people have heard of is sort of the initiative that came out of the entertainment industry um, response to Me Too. And what else comes to mind? I think voting. (laughs) Voting feels very salient for everyone right now. I know that we are going to be helping amplify the efforts for people to take advantage of early voting here in Tennessee. Yeah, those three feel extra important right now and top of mind. Excellent. No, that's that's a love to, if people hear this and they go, man, I want to be a part of what they're doing and I want to join and help in that activism. I just want to give people a a, a place to get started. Like what's the first thing they need to do? Yeah, the first thing they need to do is register to vote. Which I... Get their 10 closest friends to register to vote. And that's me saying that. That's not <laughs> Ashley, of course. I mean, I can't speak for what Ashley would say is the number one thing people can do. But that's the number one thing I feel like we should all, as good citizens of the world right now, be making sure that everybody gets their voice heard and that and, and votes for um, the candidate that keep protects their right to vote. You know, I mean, I think... Um, voting is just extra important right now. We're less than a hundred days away to the election. So it feels like a, it hopefully is not a partisan message to say everybody should vote. And I think that on top of learn, learn the candidates platform, you know, don't, 
listen to the media when it comes to you placing your vote. Go online, you use the Google machine and look at people. Put it in the Google, as my mother would say. Put it in the Google. That's right. Look up Joe Biden. Identify the people that you most agree with. And um, hopefully that aligns with caring for people. That's right. Right? Do the, do the most good as many times as you can. And when you, yeah, it, without voting, you really in my opinion, don't get to have much of a complaining um, mechanism <laughs> when you went with the outcome. Like if you, you gotta, you gotta be in it to win it. I completely, completely agree. So I've been doing a lot of shows um, that are not chef shows or restaurant tour shows. And this is national yeah. restaurant radio. And I, I love to get off on some of these tangents because we're in an election year. And I think that, putting out, having a logical, rational conversation about this stuff is important. I want to model what it's like to not get angry if I disagree with somebody or anything like that. And, and, but I'm, I'm having too many of these conversations, I feel like. A lot of emotional, emotional time sure. living in. And I want to get back to the food scene. I want to get back to you being Nashville food fan. And um, Great. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> So I mean, I've spent, uh, you know, I would say 80% of my energy over the past since the day of the tornado on non-food affairs. Um, and so I welcome the invitation to get back to the food. You know, I mean, I think where I stand on a whole host of issues is no secret to anyone who follows me with any kind of antenna up. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm. I am here for the food. I'm here for it all. Good. Well, I, I like that. So <clears throat> let's talk about the the business side of this thing. Is that is it okay? Yeah. I mean, so you said I, re, I, re, I uh, what is what is the word I'm trying to think of? I I retain the right to uh, to defer certain questions to my to my businessy folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be as open of a book as I can. Sure. And I don't, I'm not, there's no gotcha questions here. Of, of course. I think that people who follow Nashville food fan, we've almost basically got a hundred thousand followers. And I mean, so there's a lot of clout when you post about somebody, I mean, it does, it does big things for them. Um, how, if that's been kind of a, a, a job for you, it's turned into something that's kind of become a second career now to your original career. How does yeah. that, how do you monetize that? Do you do a lot of advertising? Do people contact you? Do you go out and contact people? How much? I don't do a ton of it. I mean, I definitely am doing very little of it in 2020. I can tell you that. Um, I do like to give local businesses who I may not have gotten to otherwise the opportunity to advertise on Food Fan. Um, I like for it to feel as organic as possible. I mean, listen, I am not going out to eat all the time anyway. I am in my mid-30s when I moved to Nashville. I was definitely going out more. Um, and so I, you know, I think that there's a world in which there are certain restaurants that I would go to anyway, but sometimes sponsored content and paid a paid partnership 
just sort of gets them on my calendar to ensure that I post about them if it's good. Um, generally speaking, I wouldn't post about anything I didn't like. I mean, if I went to a restaurant and tried something and it was god awful, I would absolutely say, I'm just not comfortable posting about this, like, regardless of how much you would like to pay me to do so. Um, so you, you can pretty much rest assured that I am not out there hawking something I haven't tried. Um, question. Would you, you say? do an advertisement for somebody if you had not eaten there? Uh, no, unless it was abundantly clear that I, you know, like, like an opening of a restaurant I hadn't tried yet. I might feel comfortable saying, hey, look, this is exciting. This place is opening because that feels to me fairly obvious that I haven't tried it yet. Um, but I wouldn't say I'd been somewhere and eaten something if I hadn't. Gotcha. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't think you'd say you'd eaten somewhere, but you know, let's yeah. say there's a restaurant that says, hey, we'd love for you to post about us, yet you hadn't eaten there, but they have a pretty good reputation. And you're like, yeah, sure. I mean, but No, because no, I, I, I mean, I'm thinking about that hasn't happened. And, and I mean, I guess the way I would, I mean, 2020 aside, right? Like I'm not going to restaurants right now, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just declining invitations to come to new restaurants and things like that. Uh, but no, in a normal world, I, I would have no good reason not to just go and make sure it's good. And I also like to take the photos myself. And I certainly repost other people's photos at restaurants I haven't been to. So you might see pictures on food pan of places I haven't eaten if it's a repost because the photo food looks great. Um, but if it's, a, if it's a sponsored, if it's a paid ad, um, I would go myself. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So before 2020, before 2020 started, what's like your favorite restaurant? Where do you, where is your place? What part of town do you live in? I live near Vanderbilt football stadium, sort of in the Hillsborough West Endy area. Um, I have had the same favorite restaurant since before I moved to Nashville. It's one of the things that made me move to Nashville because I felt like coming from New York, um, I was like city house. If I, if, if nowhere else is as good as city house, I can at least eat at city house. Like I was a bit of a New York restaurant snob and I just, I have spent every birthday there, every special occasion. Um, I brought my daughter there for her first restaurant outing. I mean, I just have a very special point. My, my, my sort of last meal on earth fantasy meal would probably be a belly ham pizza, a bandit cocktail and whatever is on the dessert menu, preferably the Tennessee Waltz cake. But that's, I would say that's my Nashville restaurant crush is City House. And I'm very clear about that and very obvious when I talk about, I gush about them all the time. Um, And I have many, many, many restaurants that would be tying for second and third place. But City House is, is my fave. Well, give us a couple that you would pick on your tie for second or third place. Oh, see, this is where I get into trouble because I do have so many and I have so many friends in this amazing restaurant community here. And I hate to ever leave anyone out, but um, I love Henrietta Red. I love 210 Jack. I love Folk and Rolfe and Daughters almost equally. Um, I, Joyland, I mean, the, the new corn dog at Joyland is like a, a revelation. Sean is a very dear friend and 
I hope he opens 12 more restaurants in Nashville because I'm sure each one of them would be wildly different. And I know he's well on his way to opening a couple more here um, that are already announced. I'm not breaking any news, obviously. Um, where else? I mean, Catbird Seat, we are just so lucky to have Catbird Seat here. Um, I love Bastion. I'm leaving, I love otaku. The hot chicken buns at otaku are a, are a real favorite treat. Um, I'm leaving so many places out. I love the steak frites at Josephine sitting at the bar. I'm, one of the things I miss during the pandemic is sitting at the bar with my friend Caroline at Josephine and eating steak frites. I love them too. I'm trying to think of, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the second this question is over, I'm going to think of 15 other places and feel badly that I, I mean, Taylor. Um, I had a really special meal at Taylor pre-pandemic that, you know, that will hold me over till I can get back in there again. Um, have you been to the Pelican and Pig? I have not been to Pelican and Pig. You got to try them out. It's, an, it's one of those, uh, it's an East Nashville uh, staple now. They went to Eater Nashville Best Restaurant of the Year last year. You know, this is the problem with being in the throes of adoption and then new parenthood. You miss like an entire year of restaurant openings. Um, but you saying East Nashville, by the way, made me remember a place that I missed, which is obviously Moss Tacos. Yes. Uh, I mean, the fried avocado taco and a fresca and the plantains with the sweet drizzle thing on them. I mean, that is also one of my favorite favorite meals um have you eaten we had craig shown on the episode friday which was our, our that would be a fun thing once we get past all of this i'd love to have you come on and maybe guest host on our friday show the roundup we kind of fun we can do like a little segment it'd be good times uh, sure yeah he's he's peninsula right he is peninsula yeah have you been there yet yes, i i have my friend audie had a birthday dinner there one year and it was I mean, it was, it was really, I remember it just feeling so fresh and unexpected and I hadn't eaten anything like it in Nashville, which is always a plus. I mean, that's, and, and he was saying, you know, that Nashville is such an adventurous city, even more so than New York with what people will eat. So the number one dish on his menu is rabbit. Yeah, I, I buy that. I mean, I think New Yorkers know what they like, right? I mean, obviously you can, New Yorkers are not a monolith and <laughs> there's, there's, you know, something for everyone but i do think nashville is more adventurous than people would think it's definitely more than barbecue and fried chicken it's a lot more than that so it's a lot more so you've got you've got your your daughter now and uh you know you work a lot but do you do you friendly with any of these chefs do you guys hang out do you what do you do for fun i um i do hang out with some chefs but not necessarily because there's i mean i most of my chef friends i didn't meet through them cooking like um but what do i do for fun um i love live music i love i mean mostly i spent the past couple of years hanging out with friends who already have kids and just sort of waiting to join that club um and uh what else do i do for fun yeah i mean i i eat out with friends as much as possible in a normal world and i look forward to doing that again i mean i miss i miss the din of a loud busy restaurant and the sounds of place clinking in a way that I did not <laughs> think I would but um 
yeah, what do I do for fun? I eat out, I go to concerts, I show people around Nashville when they visit, which is fairly often. Mr. or Mrs. Nashville food fan? No, there is not. I am I am a solo mom. Um, it sounds like you don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. No, I mean, that being said, like, you know, I mean, I don't know what life would look like if you made time for it before it happened, but um, I would make time for the right person. But right now, my daughter um, is the only person I really make time for. I can imagine. Outside of your job. Outside of my job. That's right. So you have been quarantining. You haven't been going out doing anything, really. I've gone to like two or three outdoor restaurant meals. Uh, my parents live in Williamson County. And so I went out once or twice out there with them um, because they are even more quarantined than I am. Um, and I needed to, you know, sort of give a little mental health boost. Um, and other than that, yeah, I've been pretty quarantined. I mean, I don't even really go to the grocery store. I do, I do grocery delivery and outdoor social distance activities here and there, like a, a pool visit and things like that, but not very much. Well, awesome. Well, I, I, I feel like, you know, we've been, I've been doing these hour, hour and a half long shows and um, we've been talking for 45 minutes. Can you believe that? I, I went by very quickly. <laughs> like all of a sudden you're like, I could, I, every show I finished it, I go, I said, I can talk for the next hour with you. I, I love having conversations with interesting people. And I just thank you so much for doing this today. I don't want to be done. Absolutely. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about? Anything you want to talk about? Um, anything you want to ask me? Like what's on your mind? I mean, as a person who does feel a little bit guilty that I always feel a little bit behind the eight ball with new places, um, you've, you've now added Pelican and Pig to my must list. Um, is there, I mean, I guess, what are the three best meals you've had in social distancing? Like whether it's curbside or Postmates or oh God. whatnot. Socially distanced. Um, I had food for... Yeah, like- Basically, what are the three best meals I can get since I don't leave the house? Uh, I did a, I did like a whole meal cat thing from the farmhouse that was wonderful. Okay. A uh, little bit of cooking on my own, but um, we've done that, tw- I think, twice. And that was really good. Okay. Um, you know, Green Hills Grill does a fantastic job at delivery as well as their whole to-go thing. Like, they're one of these companies that just has really killed it for to go and delivery and the food is always good it's consistent it's not crazy and i have kids so they love the the hamburgers and the food's always really good there i love them and uh perfect and i've been doing you know i've been doing a ton of at home so let's see where else is there to go i I, i'm with you on joyland um yeah hamburgers now that they're on postmates too game changer yeah, and, the, and you know, the picking up outside, you just pull up on the street, give them a call. So like, easy. It's so easy, and it's touch-free, so like, easy. so safe. Um, I really was excited about Joyland. We love Hugh Babies, too. I mean, that's been, yep. been excellent. Oh, I forgot to mention a favorite dish. Now, this is where I could get on a real tangent or just, like, favorite dishes, but the brisket burger at Martin's that's, I've never is had- life-changing. 
And no one ordered, I mean, very few people, I think, go there thinking burgers. And when you order it, say, behind the counter, they typically are like, you know what you're doing. Like, when you, and I, they say it almost every time I order it. And I'm like, yep, I do know what I'm doing. Um, I love their ribs, love their everything. But the brisket burger, I mean, I have a very hard time ever really deciding my favorite burger in Nashville. But if I don't, pick the brisket burger at Martin's it's always a tie I mean like it's right up there so pre very good uh we ate at folk and um pelican and pig and uh we've kind of been eating around but right now the next place I'm going to go is Setson oh yes that is that is very high on my list of of need to try places I've never eaten at Peninsula that is like Peninsula and Setson are my two like gotta go. I want to do the Black Diamond Ramen, Black Dynasty. Sorry, Black. Yeah, I've seen Delia posting about them. I want to do that. She's she's kind of my um, restaurant spirit animal right now. Yeah, she's a good one. So if you're gonna pick a restaurant spirit animal, I mean, she's far more informed than I am. Well, she's out there doing it. She's I mean, she's in she's the- out there doing it. Yeah. She's covering it right now. So she's, uh, she's been fantastic. She ho- co-hosts the show with me on Friday. So yep. we talk about all the new restaurant openings and what's happening and what's, what's going on. So it's really nice to, um, to do the Friday show with her. And I, I feel like I get to get caught up and catch everybody up on what's opening, what's closing, what chefs are changing jobs, you know, just kind of all the stuff. That's right. Yeah. Definitely a lot of fun. Good. So that's what I got. Um, I like to give my guests the, la- the, the final section here, the final part of the interview. I like to open the floor to them just to stay, say whatever they want to the city of Nashville. Anything uh, that's on your mind, I want to give you the floor. Take your time. Talk as long as you want. Talk as short as you want. Um, the floor is yours. Um, I would just say that I'm proud of every single person who is getting through this unusual uh, time and I'm particularly proud of the community of people who follow Nashville Food Fan because I have been extremely opinionated and a bit of a loud mouth the past couple months on every issue under the sun that means anything to me and I've gotten an overwhelmingly positive supportive um, response so I just would say thank you and keep speaking out for the things that matter to you and register to vote and vote and, um, you know, keep, keep tipping as big as you can when you do dine out and get curbside and takeout because we need restaurants to be around to come back to when this is all over. Um, And I can't wait to, dying at every single one. So that's, that's what I would end on is, is a hope for the future that there are restaurants to come back to and that it's sort of up to us to make that happen. Amen. Um, and I, w- I will add, a, I'm going to add a little, little bit to that. Um, okay. Tip big and support mm-hmm. local owned and operated businesses. Yeah. Amen. Like the locally owned and operated people are the people that live in your community that are supporting, they're hiring people, they're supporting your community. They're the ones who give the gift cards. They're the ones who support all of the local, everything that you do. That's right. 
the businesses need you to go out and eat so bad right now. And uh, well, well said. And and also, I you know, a, a call to action. Um, Jess, the owner at Two Ten Jack, tagged me an initiative the other day to write three Google reviews and three Yelp reviews for any three local restaurants. Yes. And yeah. it took five minutes. I didn't have to leave the room to do it. Um, and I do think that there are things like that that we can be doing, even if our dining out budgets are being cut personally, even if we are not choosing to dine in in restaurants. Like there are things we can be doing to support our local chefs and restaurants in this particular time. And what a boost that would be if, you know, while their numbers may feel like they're a little low, their support feels really high. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of things like that that we can be doing in addition to making sure we are being good patrons of all of these local businesses in a very unusual and challenging time. Yes, that, that, that a hundred percent. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead off my show every day with that. If you're out there, go right now, take five minutes, go to Yelp, sign in, Think about the right. last places that you ate and go leave them a five-star review and let everybody who's looking at a restaurant know if they didn't do it, if they didn't do a very good job, communicate with the restaurant, call them and let them know what wasn't right. right. But if it's a five criticism in private and, and compliments in public, because right now is just the time when everybody needs to be lifting everybody up. They're trying, you know, harder than we can imagine to keep these, ships afloat and running well and restaurants operate on thin margins as we know even in the best of times um and that's just like a free thing that costs us nothing and could make a difference for them 100 percent. well it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today and i've enjoyed i feel like i know so much more about you and good well you started off with very little information so there was only room to grow yeah so now, now hopefully the the community in nashville can learn a little about you too and um uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and just talking about yourself and um i wish you nothing but the best of luck and safety and health for you and your child and um thank you thank you same to you and yours thank you very much all right so there it is the interview with kate davis uh the nashville food fan like she said, right now, stop listening and go to Yelp and leave three five-star reviews for your favorite locally owned and operated restaurants in Nashville. If we do that, I think that's something that would build up everybody. Uh, let's build up the local restaurants ratings for when people come to town. Uh, if they deserve it. If, the, if they don't deserve it, then like I said, contact them. Let them know what, where they might fall short and uh, let them give them the opportunity to, to, to work on it. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, Please feel free. Go back. We've had over 60 episodes with chefs and people in the city over the past five months. And I'd love for you to go back and listen to interviews and hear the stories from so many people um, in this industry and how they're working right now through COVID-19. I hope that you are doing well and that you're staying safe. And uh, we really appreciate you listening today. Love you guys. Bye.